Welcome to the Be The Lead Podcast. I'm Brent Yates. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Brent Yates coming to you again. Uh, today I'm sitting with Iron Michael Chandler. Uh, it happens to be my neighbor in Nashville, Tennessee. We just met about a month ago. Uh, saw him in the driveway and uh, um, I knew immediately we had to get him to the house and just see what the fuss was about <laughs> Iron Michael. So uh, we did. We had him over for a drink, he and his wife Bree, and uh, we had an amazing evening, really connected. Uh, got to talk about his career, uh, his family, uh, what I was doing, what I've been doing, and where I was going next, which was uh, interesting to both of us just to figure out what was next in, in our lives. So um, after they left that night, uh, my wife and I were, just felt really blessed that uh, uh, they were our neighbors and that uh, we, had, we had found the right place in Nashville, which you never know when you move from a, a city to a city and go, you know, what's that going to be like? So Really glad to have you, Mike. Um, from there, I went home and I, I took a look at uh, Mike's career. And uh, what I saw was, yes, he is a badass man. Uh, but what I also learned was uh, really what uh, sustains Mike. And after a fight with Benson Henderson, I heard Michael interviewed and the announcer asked him, you know, just to kind of, you know, what, what happened out there. And Michael started with, you know, I'm just really grateful Grateful to have two arms and two legs, and I'm not going to take any of this for granted. And uh, I immediately hit him up, and I said, hey, I said, I, uh, I checked out a couple of fights, and this is really what impressed me. And I expected that from him after spending an evening with him. But, uh, and I said, you know what? I'm getting ready to do some podcasts, and I'd love for you to be my first guest. So here we are. Good to have you, brother. Oh, my gosh. I'm extremely honored to be here. And, yes, it is f phenomenal to be living next door to you. So awesome. I'm well, excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So... Um, as we start, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know a whole lot about you other than that hour uh, evening that we had, but, you know, I, I think 11, 12 years ago, uh, you went into the fight world, and, you know, how did you get there? What, um, and when I go back maybe to the gratefulness already, like, mm -hmm. like where did that come from? What, 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 where is that? Tell me about that. You know, I mean, yeah, so I, I have been fighting now for 11 years. Um, I started out as a wrestler. You know, I, I think out of necessity, I I. I jumped on the wrestling mat because I was 98 pounds and five foot one, 98 pounds going into high school, you know? So me being the starting quarterback or the, you know, the starting center on the basketball team wasn't, wasn't going to be in the cards for a little, little guy like me. Um, so I got on the wrestling mats and, and I just fell in love with the sport of wrestling. I fell in love with the dedication that it took, the time that it took, the discipline that it took to cut weight, to, to, to spend your 10,000 hours on that wrestling mat, 10,000 high crouches, 10,000 sweep single legs, 10,000 of these moves, 10,000 of, of, of these hours to, to pour into hand-to-hand -hand combat, one person versus one person. When you're out on that wrestling mat and you're, you know, you're exposed to the entire you know, gym there, if you win, it's because you won. If you lost, if you lose, it's because you lost and there's no team to blame it on. There's nobody you know, to say that the ref made a bad call. And then from then, there on, I wrestled at, at college, wrestled at, in college at the University of Missouri, Mizzou. So I was a Mizzou Tiger, and uh, I walked onto the team because I wasn't, I wasn't a scholarship athlete. They didn't really, uh, they said, we, we'll give you some books, and that was about it. And yeah. then uh, wrestled there for five years, became an All-American. And then two guys that were like my big brothers, a guy named Tyron Woodley, who ended up being UFC world champion, a guy named Ben Askren, who was a multiple-time world champion, 
uh, in mixed martial arts. They started fighting, and I said, man, I don't want to go on to the corporate world yet. I got my degree in personal finance and real estate, and uh, I just felt, I still felt like I had a ton left in the tank to, to compete uh, with my two arms and two legs, and I just felt so blessed that I, that I had um, the abilities that God had, had blessed me with and had so many people in my life, and God had me in the palm of his hand over all those years, and then got in the sport of mixed martial arts 11 years ago, won my first fight down at Lake of the Ozarks. I made $200, and I uh, uh, was in some ballroom somewhere, and uh, got a TKO my first first round, and, and haven't looked back since, and made, made a career out of it. And if you would have told me a decade ago that I would be making my living fighting in a cage for a living and, and doing doing well and, and, and enjoying enjoying it, I would have said you were crazy, but here we are, and it's been, been a lot of fun. Wow. Well, what I can also see is you're very comfortable in front of a mic and the camera. And, uh, you know, what's next for you? That could be about anything with a finance degree. And you're not bad looking. And I think <laughs> I said when I met you guys, like, like that's not what I expected. I mean, great, yeah. not just inside or not just outside, but inside as well. That's, that's where it really is. And that's what I connected to. So uh, you got a lot going on here, man. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, as, as we said, it, it goes back to, to be just being grateful. I, I do realize, and there's almost a conviction every single morning when I wake up, because I do realize that, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, mom and dad, and, and just the people that were in my life, the people who made sure that I'm sitting right here today, that I had every opportunity to be sitting here because of their hard work, because of their dedication, because of their pouring into me, and uh, God's blessed me with some really great gifts, and to give anything less <clears throat> than my best every single day is to squander those gifts, and I, I refuse to do that because that's when uh, that's when your pillow feels like a concrete cinder block when you right. know you're not doing right. what God has called you to that's do. That's awesome. So. And that kind of leads right into my next question, which is the most important lesson that you learned through faith or mom and dad or a combination of, you know, what did they, what was that big one that they, one of those three gave you? You know, I think, so I grew up in a small, a small town out, outside of St. Louis, Missouri, um, not a lot was going on there. Not a lot of people got out and went and did crazy, audacious, big things. The people didn't have crazy, big goals. Um, great people, amazing people. Um, but, you know, believing in yourself to go out and become a millionaire or famous or um, a professional athlete or any of that, it, it was that kind of stuff wasn't talked about. It was almost. Um, not frowned upon, but it was almost like it was, it's, it's fool's gold or it's, it's, it's something that can't be attained. And my mom and dad worked, my dad was a union carpenter, um, pulled himself up by his bootstraps every single day, five in the morning, never, never slept past 5 a.m. Um, drank his coffee in the morning and got his lunch pail and his, his work boots and he would you know, go off to work. <clears throat> and he did that every single day. And then my mom would work and then my dad would work side jobs on the weekends. And my mom would, my mom, my mom was working two jobs as well. So I think hard work humility and never ever complaining. I can I can count on one hand the amount of times that I've seen my parents take a nap or ha take a they never took a sick day, but even if they were sick, um it was a it was a a, a crazy event to to see my dad sick, my mom sick. And I and I don't say that um at, at, for anybody who's listening because yeah. if you get sick often it's it's right. a, it's a thing, right. but my parents just never they never complained. Yeah. They worked their tail off. They had humility. And they kept their nose to the grindstone, and that's really what I do. Like that's I've literally everything that I've accomplished in mixed martial arts and wrestling is just because I, I tried to outwork everybody, and and good things happened. Well, wouldn't you just know? I mean, I had the same upbringing. Uh, my dad never missed a day. I never missed a day. The only day that I missed, uh, my wife had the, her first baby, mm -hmm. and uh, we just that's what we knew. 
And that's the only way we lived, where we had to show up. If we didn't show up every day, how could you expect an employee to show up every day? And I'm, I'm not sure what your parents did, mm -hmm. but you know, they, they instilled that in you, and it's, huge. it's a huge tool that not everybody gets. And we are very blessed to have had that in our family and in our life. Yeah. Just, I, just I don't an think example. we're not sitting here if we don't have that in our life. Exactly. And it's like you said, I don't, I don't know that they ever did. And the funny thing is my parents never talked about hard work. Yeah. You know, they just did it. They never talked about never skipping a day or never being sick. They just did it. And they just weren't. They weren't sick. They weren't. They didn't take days off. They didn't complain. It wasn't, it wasn't hey, don't complain. Hey, work hard. Yeah. Hey, we, Chandlers yeah. don't take sick days. It was just they did it. And it I, through osmosis realized, wait a second, that's who Mike and Betty Chandler are, and that's who I am, and I am, you know, their DNA, and here I am, 34 years old, and trying to live, try, just trying to be, work as hard as my, try to outwork my mom and dad yeah. still, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, I did a, a video recently about trying to get on top of my dad and realizing that I was never going to get there, mm -hmm. and, you know, I think early in our lives, we have this drive to, we want to be as good as them, and I won't go into all that, but where are your mom <clears> and dad today? So they are in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Just the other day, my dad just got both knees replaced. Okay. Never would have thought I would have saw that, you know, um, but got one full knee replacement, one partial knee, and, and his, his legs were just bowing out and starting to crinkle on each other for the last, yeah. like, decade, and he's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. He's, they, you know, he's that kind of guy, rub some yeah. dirt on it, yeah. show up to work. But, um, yeah, they're both, both still working, and they're in their mid-60s and, and – uh, out there in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, and I'm going to assume they've been into a few of your fights and are waiting to get back to a fight. I mean, yeah. I don't know when that comes in our yeah. world today, but I hope it's soon because I want to come too. Yeah. I've been to one in my life, and the energy yeah. in that place was like, I didn't know any of the fighters, and I can only imagine what it's going to be like mm -hmm. to watch you fight. Yeah, they've been to all of them. They've been to all of them except for my last one because there was no fans because of the, the coronavirus. Um, and coincidentally, or not coincidentally, but, but my dad also is in my corner. So... You know, for those who are not familiar, you get three cornermen usually for a title okay. fight. You get yeah. four. Um, and for me, I have, you know, two coaches, a training partner, and then I have my dad. Does my dad know about fighting? No. Does he know anything about the moves that are going on? Does he? Can he do anything um, besides just be there that helps me win the fight? No. But what my dad is in my corner is just a representation of all the hard work and all the sacrifice that he and my mom made, and me knowing that I wouldn't be out there fighting for world titles if I didn't have that, you know, that that just cloth that I was cut from of the hard work that they put that they instilled in me. And he just he's there and he loves it and it's the highlight of his life. And he's got a he's got a, a jacket, um, a suit coat with blessed on it because I have the blessed on my chest, you know. And it's uh, it's those moments that we get to share with each other. That, like I said, he's not there to teach me anything. He's just there to be a beacon of of who Michael Chandler Jr. is because of who his dad is. That's so, beautiful, man. It's good uh, stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm sure my father. My my father passed 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that my last years would have made him proud that he didn't see. But uh, he was my mentor. He's been my only mentor, and I don't think I'll ever have another. And I see that in you as well. And you know. Uh, Again, how, how blessed can we be for it to be our fathers? Because so many kids today, they either don't have a father or they're looking for a different figure to be their mentor. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, we, we've got that. And, and I knew, like, before I started asking these questions and I hadn't talked to you about any of this, mm -hmm. I knew we came from the same place. Yeah. Uh, and 
no, it gets me a little weepy to think about my father, but uh, what a man, mountain yeah. of a man, a man I thought we would never lose. He was that big. Like yeah. I thought my dad would never die. Yeah. Never thought I'd have to proceed over his funeral. So uh, crazy. Yeah. So um, what's a day to like day to day? You don't have a fight. Let's let's just give it a month, a mm -hmm. month from now. What's a day look like for you uh, as far as training, as far as your family, um, you know, your gym, you told me uh, when we sat in here a month ago that uh, you had a gym. You actually asked me to come, and, yeah. I, and I took my hat off, and I went, dude, I'm 60 years old. I'm not coming to your freaking gym so you can embarrass me. <laughs> yeah, right. And, the, but, but know that I'd love to. The first, the first day I ever – we hadn't even met each other. I look over, and, I, and there's this freaking – man out next door to me i'm like i guess that's my new neighbor he's out there just freaking pumping iron hitting his trx band hitting hitting burpees hitting hitting, hitting push-ups doing whatever you can out in your garage out here i was like okay me and this guy are about to be best friends <laughs> this is the kind of neighbor you want that's uh, right brother so, that's right um so you know my life is is it's a beautiful life and i i love my career there's certain challenges that come with it but there's also the blessing of i'm either all the way in or I'm all the way out, or I'm kind of semi-in. And, and what I mean by that is I'm either all the way in when I'm training. So when I'm training for a fight, I am twice a day working out Monday through Thursday, one workout Friday, one workout Saturday, off on Sunday. Nutrition is perfect. Supplementation is perfect. I'm trying to get eight, nine hours of sleep at night. Um, body work two to three, two times a week. Uh, visualization every single day, working on the mental game. And then I focus so much on the training and the building up of my body and then breaking it down and building it back up and the mental aspect. And then I get to the fight that you're almost get to that breaking point of, oh my gosh, this has been such a long training camp. I feel like a robot. You can feel like a robot because you've, you've deprived yourself of, of fun. You've deprived yourself of uh, just kind of your normal human things that you take for granted every single day when you you know, can't have a glass of wine with your wife, or you can't even take her on a date because you know you're not going to be yourself when you go out and, and um, you don't engage in social interactions because you know you're just going to be a hermit. You rather just, and your body hurts and you're sore and you're tired and you're a little bit on edge and you, you see somebody eating pizza and you know you're, you just got to eat four ounces of chicken and <laughs> half cup of broccoli and that's your dinner and you got you to gotta enjoy it. Um, so then I go all the way out as well because I get done with the fight, uh, win, win, lose, or draw, Hopefully I win, I get done with the fight, and I need about a week or so to just kind of feel almost, I don't say go off the rails like I'm going to Vegas and partying and staying right. up all day long, but eating a pizza, yeah. you know, having a beer, having a, having a, sitting down and having a glass of whiskey so I can feel like a normal person because I just yeah. went from being so strict and constantly depriving myself of all normal human um, events, if you will, um, and then I kind of give myself about a week, which I'm really in that week right now. It's been about seven, eight, it's been about nine, 10 days since my last, um, I actually went out to Abu Dhabi and, and weighed in because I was an alternate for the fight. So I didn't actually fight, but I was all the way in for October 24th. So now I'm kind of in that time where I'm enjoying myself a little bit. And now over the next three, four weeks, I'll kind of dial it back a little bit, realize, okay, the pizza wasn't as good as I thought. And like, you know, <laughs> beer makes me feel bloated. And no, <laughs> none of that's true. Those are both my weaknesses. Right. So none of that's true. I, I, I think, I think we're in the same place there and they have some amazing pizza here in Nashville. They do. They do. So, um, so what, what do you think, um, what do you think's next as far as your career? I, I, I've, I've read some things recently about, you know, something about a four, four, 
four fights, four guys, four, four man ticket. Don't know exactly what that means, but are you kind of like, uh, do you feel like you have a voice inside the UFC yet or, or how, who's your ear? What's, what's that? What are you trying to accomplish here? I, I will say, so, um, just quick backstory. So I've been fighting for 11 years, nine and a half, almost 10 of those years I was fighting for an organization called Bellator that is widely regarded as kind of the number two organization in the world. Um, it's by no means the size or the depth of the UFC. The UFC has been around since uh, 1993, so they 25, 26, 27 years. They've been around. They are the they are the NFL of mixed martial arts. They are the um, they are the big leagues, and that was very apparent as soon as I signed with them. You know, I, I signed with them. Dana White, who is our um, Matt, or he's he's the president and CEO of, of the UFC. He announced that my signing on SportsCenter, ESPN. Um, and then from then on, it was interview, interview, podcast, interview, interview, and just blowing this thing up. And I, I was made the alternate on the world title fight that was October 24th. And the reason they needed an alternate was it is the coronavirus era right now. We took eight coronavirus tests within that week leading up to the fight. So the chances of one of those guys testing positive for COVID, if one of these guys tests positive for COVID, they get pulled off the card. The UFC spent millions of dollars marketing this fight, and all of a sudden, a fight doesn't happen with any of the guys. So I was made an alternate. Um, and then that night, widely regarded as the greatest pound-for-pound -pound fighter on the planet is a guy named Habib Nurmagomedov, who is the lightweight champion. Did you say that again a little faster? Habib Nurmagomedov. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's spelled with a K, but the K is silent. K K okay. <laughs> uh, exactly. So he's from Dagestan, Russia. And... Um, he re he won. He is now 29 and 0, and he retired that night, October 24th. <clears throat> and I was sitting cage side. So then it, after that, it was speculation. Okay, if Habib is retired, who's going to fight for the title? Who deserves to fight for the title? Who's number one, two, three, four? Um, with my career unfolding the way it has, a multiple-time world champion, been ranked inside the top five numerous times in my career. When I came over from Bellator to the UFC, they immediately said they were going to give me a top five opponent. So I'm kind of right in the mix. And you got Conor McGregor, who's the biggest name in combat sports, a polarizing figure. He's fighting a guy named Dustin Poirier, January 23rd. They're talking about me possibly being the co-main event on that January 23rd card with either Tony Ferguson, who's the number three, four guy in the world, or a guy named Justin Gaethje, who just fought for the title. So my name is in the mix for the guys fighting for the top five. And We'll see how it all unfolds. I know the UFC is a great promoter, great promotion, and they will uh, they will do what's best for themselves, but also what's best for the division, and we'll kind of see what happens. I'm just glad my glad my name is in the hat. Awesome, I'm excited for you too. I think you hit on something a little bit ago, and I was leading there um, in a lot of uh, what I've learned really over the last 15 years. Is as you age, right, and especially I think you get that wisdom of you know we can work on our bodies. Right. And, and at some point we have to change what that looks like. And I know you change your days, yeah. you change your supplements that mind. We're always trying to learn more about how our bodies work, mm -hmm. but connecting our body to our mind and our soul. I think for me, if one's out of balance, they're all out of balance. So, you know, we can't go down the road like this. It's got to be like this or you can't operate as high on a higher level as you want to yeah. operate on. And I know, you know, for me, uh, whether I'm golfing or you know, whatever I'm training for, which has been life. And I do, I do still train and, you know, stuff's breaking down and I have to figure out the best way that I can get this on top of this mm -hmm. and stay connected and stay positive. 
in uh, and, and, and 100%, that's where it's at. If I can convince myself that I can heal, that I can get better, then I can keep going to new levels, then I really dig life and I'm energized by it. And I'm, I'm like, where are we going to go tomorrow and how high can I go tomorrow? Yeah. So for you, you mentioned uh, maybe a visualization, but you know, I see the golfers out there. They all have teams now. The professional golfers have teams. They've, they've got a strength coach. They've got a mind coach. They've obviously got a swing coach. And it takes that team, I think, in today's world uh, with the athletes that we have today to get to the highest, to the pinnacle of your career. Tell me about your team. <clears throat> yeah, you know, so for me, I have to – mixed martial arts is that. It's, it's a mixture of the martial arts, and you can choose whatever discipline you want. But for me, I have a, a striking coach, which striking is your, your punches, your kicks, your knees, your elbows – I have a grappling coach, uh, and I have a wrestling coach, and then I have um, a strength and conditioning coach. So that's really what I focus on, kind of kickboxing, wrestling, grappling, and uh, jujitsu, if you will. So I have kind of those guys covering each of those bases. And I don't have a mindset coach per se. I, I went through a mindset process with a guy who actually is based out of here in Cookville, right outside of Nashville, Cookville, Tennessee. Um, it's called the Mayhem Mindset. He was Rich Froning. Rich Froning's mindset coach, who was the four-time fittest man, CrossFit no, Games champion. Um, and with that, we just we really just peeled back the layers of who Michael Chandler is. What are my doubts, my fears, my insecurities? What what are the lies or the stories that I've continued to tell myself? And how how why have I self-sabotaged numerous times? Why have I um, fallen short? Why have I given myself permission to lose instead of giving my, giving myself permission to be the best numerous times in my life? And that was a a great process to go through, and we continue to. Um, I continue to go over those materials and I continue to reach back out to him. We talk here a little bit um, here and there, but a lot of my mindset stuff too is, is just staying built up, hearing other people's stories, and then also visualizing. I think the art of visualization is the most underutilized and, and underused techniques in, in sport in life in in general you know yeah. it doesn't matter what walk of life you are what your vocation is it doesn't matter if you're a world champion athlete or you just want to be better at your job you want to be better at parenting you want to be better at anything um putting yourself for me it's putting myself inside that cage before i actually get there putting myself inside the performances before i'm actually in the midst of them visualizing the good things going good, the bad things going bad, overcoming the bad things going bad, um, visualizing myself getting my hand raised. And, and as I said, I, I was a small guy from a, t a small town who was taught to do small things. And I didn't have a hair in my armpits till I was 19, 20 years old. Girls thought I was cute, but cute like their little brother, not cute like I wanted to date them. So I had, I had a lot of stuff to deal yeah. with that, that like, I had to really, really convince myself that I deserved great things in life yeah. and wherever in in the in that mentality giving myself permission to lose instead of giving myself permission to be the best or be good at something mm -hmm. always ended up rearing its head in the middle of a wrestling match or the, in the middle of a uh, a great competition or in uh, in the in when it when at at my greatest moment of opportunity I would somehow find a way to fail and I kind of eventually just took extreme ownership of my mind because you're what you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. And what good is your body if you don't have the head to go with it? And, and in, in the sport of mixed martial arts, I can do all the punching and all the wrestling, and I can build this body up, and I can have chiseled pecs and chiseled abs and big old legs, and I can have this body of a Greek god. But if I'm not building the mind, the soul, 
the spirit. I'm just, I'm just building this vessel that's eventually going to let you, it's going to let you down yeah. when, when the going gets tough because the mind is the most important aspect of it. hundred percent. So victorious, it, 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 all of, all of what you said, uh, there's a quote, uh, and I forget, I think it came out of an elite book, uh, but the quote has hit me time and time again, and whether it's business or whether it's what you do for a living with your body, victorious warriors go to, first, go to war first in their mind, mm. then they go to battle. Defeated warriors go to battle and try to win the war. Yep. And I think, you know, when you talk about the mind and you were doing it, I think, I think that's next level for you, and I hope I can help you with some of my tools to really stay sharp. I think, I think the same thing like you just said with training and the supplements. I think that mind part is, is the big one. Whether, and, and I know in golf, you know, when the mind goes, you're just done. So, it, and, it's, and it's great you bring up golf because I am not a golfer. Uh, I actually don't really like the sport of golf that much. Yeah. I think I will eventually get into it. I think I don't like it because I'm so bad at it. Like if I was decent at it, I might like it more. But it, the, great, the funniest thing was I'm walking through an airport and I, find, I see this book called How Champions Think by Dr. Bob Rotella. And I pick it up and I'm like, oh, and I, and I flip it to one page. And I'm like, this looks like a pretty good book. I'm into mindset stuff. Let me buy it. And then I start reading it on the plane. And I realize that it's a, it's a sports psychologist who specializes in golf. And I realize I hate golf. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to like this book. It ended up being the best book I've ever read in my yeah. entire life. Because if you really draw the similarities between the mindset of a golfer and and how sharp they have to be how how much they have to visualize how much every single stroke on that golf course is in their mind before it's actually in the physical form yeah. you start to realize the the parallels between mixed martial arts for me wrestling business and all, and all of the different walks of life and a book that i picked up and thought man i'm gonna hate this book because it's yeah. about golf you realize yeah. holy cow i actually have a, a very large newfound respect for golfers realizing how mental that game is 100 percent. there's a book called seven days to utopia and you know let's go with 150 pages but what it taught me and it's so true is you see it you see the target you feel it right mm -hmm. you input it right here and then your body paints it like like you know you never take your eye off the target Gosh, yeah. like and if you do you still know where the target's at because you've seen it and it's probably in the same spot so um, anyway, these golf, those golf guys got it figured out. And yeah. from the mental side, there's hundreds of them working to get those guys better. So I, I knew you were in uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, Michael, uh, two weeks ago, whatever. And I hit you up one morning. And, and, and as I was thinking about you, I was, I was like, you know, he's over there. I think he's been over there for three or four weeks. Uh, different culture. Uh, hoping that he gets in his first UFC fight. And one night you were just on my mind, and I'm thinking, how's he staying tuned in, not knowing if he's going to fight, knowing it's his first fight, and, you know, how do you do that? And, and it came to me to send you a text, and what I said in the text was, there's beliefs and there's true knowns. And a belief is something that you read or you learn, but a true known is something that you've lived. And you've trained for this your whole life, and a true known is... You're ready for this moment. And so, I, I don't know, I, I had it in me that I just needed to click you a little bit. Mm -hmm. But knowing you, I know you were already turned on. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, how was that? And, you know, now I know you're ready to move on. But that whole experience, just kind of waiting. How did, how yeah. did you handle that? Um, it, it was definitely interesting, you know. But, but definitely when I got your text, too, and it, it, it really 
because sometimes we know our true knowns and and we and we and we live them and but it also takes sometimes happenstance or serendipity or a random message or a random note from a random thought that one of your friends or your um you know that has and when you send me that text it's it solidified that i was doing exactly what i was supposed to be doing awesome you know because even even for me for those that don't know kind of the how it all went down i signed with the ufc and then essentially said i will be the backup to the october 24th card training for both of the guys in case once one of them gets injured and there were so many people that said man what are you what are you doing who who says yes to this and goes there and just is going to weigh in and be the backup guy you know you need to get an occasion fight and blah 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 but i knew I, I i was doing exactly what i was supposed to be doing i was getting to go on a ufc for the ufc fight week to be there for for um the fight week and the media and the the build up and rubbing elbows now with my new colleagues, my new coworkers, my new bosses, my new, you know, size up my opponents or future opponents. So I was right where I needed to be. And, uh, it was a very fruitful week for me. Um, but for me, it was just, you try to keep your, your spirits as high as possible. Cause, cause once again, the, the possibility of the injury, uh, or a positive COVID test for one of these guys, that was all going to take care of itself. Yeah. I got to keep the main thing the main thing. And for me, it was showing up, doing my job, doing exactly what I said I was going to do. Uh, the definition of integrity is doing exactly what you say you're going to do. And I just wanted to show up, operate with integrity, operate with character, have a smile on my face, uh, even in the midst of cutting weight and going, you know, I, I'm not a happy, happy person when I'm sure. 150 pounds like I should not be 155 pounds um so just dealing with all of that and trying to keep your spirits high and realizing you know once again we keep going back to gratitude I was so grateful for the opportunity knowing that God had me in the palm of his hand the last 11 years and it's now culminated into me signing with the UFC and I truly think it's this is the right time and the door is finally opened at the exact right time and man I'm just uh truly blessed to to be a part of that and now create the buzz and then now continue to move forward and 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 get inside that ufc octagon sooner than later cool well i think i think you hit it right on the head if if things are in flow if everything's in alignment and you you know you just ride the wave and Mm -hmm. uh, that's what you're doing and i think as long as you listen to that gut that says i know god's in control I, i i think that's a beautiful message for today and if if it's the only message that comes out if things are in flow Go, just keep on riding it. If they're mm-hmm. not, then you know to get off, and it's it's not in God's way. So, yeah. so I really really appreciate that message. Know that it's cool here in Nashville today, and I showed up in a t-shirt, and then Mike scratched his head, and I went and changed my shirt and decided <laughs> to go for style points here today. But uh, uh, no, I I, I really I, I've seen some of your pictures, and I know I know how blown up you uh, you really get, and 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 you have to be. I yep. mean these these guys are warriors, and. I see you as the same, and it's just really cool to be standing here and know that we're going to work out soon. We just talked about Let's that, go. and uh, I'm getting through a shoulder thing, but uh, I love to go and, and go hard, and you know, I, I really look forward to that. For so sure. as I look at, um, you know, we've, we've now talked for about a half an hour, and uh, everything is ex- pretty well what I expected from a heart perspective from you, and um, uh, what's, you know, when you have the time or when... When you see the opportunity, what, and you may have already done this, but either future or, or in the past, what's your passion to help people and, or, or, or foundation? Um, you know, just talk to me a little bit about where your passions lie. You know, I think, it, as we said, too, 
realizing that my gifts are very much physical. You know, like I have used my body to get inside of a cage and, and paint this masterpiece for, for people to see the physical manifestation of my fights and how they correlate to the fights that they're going through, the ebbs and flows, the seasons of life. So I, it's always been my goal to inspire and motivate people through my work, but also the words that I say and how I operate, how, how I operate, how I conduct myself. Um, and I, I have a passion for realizing that with these gifts that I've been given, I want to continue to show people what the human body is capable of. You know, very similar to yourself. Like there's, I'm sure there's so many people that look at you and say, man, how does that guy, how is that guy still on and going so hard at his age and through the ups and downs in his life and the shoulder surgeries and all these kinds of things. And as you said, when you operate with gratitude and you realize that you've been blessed, but you also realize that you have still so much more left in the tank, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's a mentality and it's, and it's a mentality that I feel for people when they don't have it. And I want to motivate them and want, to, want to pull a little bit more out of them because there's so much more to this life than we than most people get out of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, man, I just, I want to be the best father that I possibly can, the best husband that I possibly can, and, and I want to I wanna be wildly successful so I can give back to, whether it be young athletes, because obviously sport, sport, mixed martial arts, wrestling, sports in general have, have afforded me a great, great life. And I yeah. think sport, um, sport and athletics are probably the, one of the biggest cornerstones in developing young people and developing um, happy, happy, high-functioning people in society. Um, so being wildly successful in my, um, in my vocation in mixed martial arts as, a, as an athlete and then hopefully on, on the mic or on camera when cool. I'm done fighting and, and uh, really just giving back and building, building young champions. Cool, cool. Well, I think most of the listeners here today know that I'm writing a book and it's called Be the Lead. And, you know, it's about empowering others. And, and what's interesting in the book uh, I decided to write it about three months ago. I feel a wave of momentum that's coming through the book for others, but for myself as well. And, and, and it's like getting on that wave. And, and how are we going to help people? There's, a, there's an empowerment there that takes place that is going to lift me up. And, you know, uh, I think I told you earlier, there's going to be 11 chapters, but 11-1, I feel like, is what's next to come. And I feel empowered that, you know, I'm just getting started. Like, I just jumped on this path like three months ago and I, I can't wait to see where it goes so I'm really mm -hmm. excited about that but as excited to see where we go and where our friendship goes so it's been a real pleasure to have you today um, I can't wait to see what others and hear what others think of this but you are um, setting yourself up for a place right here uh, when you're done and I think you got a long career ahead because of this mm -hmm. and it's connected to this and you're a beautiful, beautiful guy. So it's been a pleasure having you today and uh, look forward to being at a fight real soon. Yes, sir. I can't wait. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Thanks for listening. Find more resources on be the lead.me.